Welcome to episode number 178, Broad Street Brokers. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned into the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Manny, Gabe, Heck, Goose, and Ty. What's going on? Broad Street Brokers. In this episode, we have special guest Ty Martin. We cover topics that range from sales and leasing, tenant and landlord representation, real estate investment, multifamily dwellings, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Michael Phelps and Babe Ruth. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off, Ty. Thank you for joining us, yeah, man. We no appreciate problem. it. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's jump right in. Sure. Uh, technically, when this gets released, this is going to be the first of 2020. Love it. Absolutely fantastic stuff. We are coming up on four years for the podcast, so super excited to have you here. Um, and, and and for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, let us know. Yeah, sure. So you know, Ty Martin from South Jersey. I work for a firm called Wolf Commercial Real Estate, WCRE. Um, basically sales associate, uh, on the side of that, I'm the host of the Broad Street Brokers podcast, a little podcast we do out of our studio slash office in uh, in center city, Philadelphia. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. So, so explain your role with the, uh, Broad Street Brokers podcast and how did that all come about? Yeah. So I've been podcasting for years. I was just telling you guys before we got started, started in my parents' basement. So, um, you know, passion of mine, just like you guys, you know, kind of hustling into it. Um, kind of took that passion. And when I started with the firm, went to Jason Wolf, the, the head of the firm, and basically said, hey, you know, this is something I'm passionate about. And I think we have an opportunity here with the connections you have and the, the business relationships you have to start interviewing some really interesting people about, you know, Philadelphia business, Philadelphia real estate, whatever it may be. And, nice. you know, one thing led to another. And next thing I know, I'm speaking with city councilmen and, you know, entrepreneurs that have serious names in the city. Wow, so, that's awesome. wow. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. It's crazy. Um, so, so you got started in your parents' basement. So now was that, because we, we got started in like my home office, so I understand the crammed, yes. uh, you know, we were sweating bullets in there for uh, years, actually. Yeah. Until summertime we, wasn't, a good, wasn't a good part of the year. No, yeah. summertime was not <laughs> good. Summer. So with our equipment at the time, uh, if we had the air on, it would pick up that background yeah. buzzing noise. Yeah, so we had to keep everything off. And so it got really bad when we had start, you know, started having guests. Yeah. And uh, we had one guest in particular who was like a female. And the only reason why I say that is because I felt so bad. She yeah. was dripping with sweat. <laughs> and we were all in this room like, dude, we got to figure something else yeah. out. But that's part of like the, the great story that this is now. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I was telling you guys too, you know, my, my parents' basements where mine started like many people's careers with stuff. Oh, I started in a basement. So yeah, in the garage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it, it was one of those experiences where we were kind of figuring it out. Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously, throwing stuff at the wall and saw, seeing what stuck. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we basically went from, you know, recording and having just kind of 
low ceilings and open area there to, hey, let's hang up some blankets here and maybe that'll get rid of some echo sure. or whatever yeah. it may be. And you kind of learn as you go. Yeah. yeah um, to a point now where I'm overlooking the city interviewing people and I can't believe where I get to record. That's sure. Awesome. You know, That's just like dope. you guys yeah. are here in an, an awesome barbershop and you guys are recording an awesome setup, great equipment, unbelievable mixer in front of me. But, you know, I'm sure you guys started with something very basic, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah sure Same did. as me. I mean, we were sitting there with four laptops and six guys sitting in the basement looking sure. at each other like, all right, uh, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like us. Yeah. It's crazy how it goes, man. Yeah. It's crazy. So, um, you know, it, it's all, I guess, steps in the progression. Yes, and absolutely. five years from now, you guys are going to be like, remember when we recorded in the barbershop? Yeah. Now right. we're yeah, wherever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. It's, uh, it's cool to look back and kind of think about where you came from. So so what was your first show with when you made the Broad Street Brokers? How, how, how'd that go? And, you know, yeah. uh, Mr. Wolf himself, how, what did he think of it? So... It was funny, man. It came with a lot of pressure. Um, not because like I felt like there was all these eyes on me. It wasn't like that. It was yeah. more, I'm jumping into something new. Uh, my old podcast was very like sports and comedy centric. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to jump into talking about you know business, millions of dollars, uh, sure. right. legal terms, everything like that, like it was definitely new water for me to tread. Um, so the first episode we interviewed Brad Malotsky. He's a lawyer, uh, real estate attorney, and. I found myself like right when we sat down getting really nervous. Mm-hmm. And that's something like, I can't believe I'm saying that right now yeah. because I could talk to anyone. You know, yeah, I can talk yeah, to yeah. you five yeah, guys yeah. and never met any of you, but um, very, very nervous. And yeah. right off the bat, thank God he's a talker. <laughs> I'm going to send this to him. Thank God he's a talker because I would have I been dead in the water. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, really yeah. would have been. Um, but you, you find, you know, and I'm sure you guys the same, like you find when you have someone that can really speak on a podcast, you kind of let them go just as I am right Absolutely. now. Yeah, yeah, but, it's true. Um, yeah, the first episode was with Brad. He, he really was, you know, generous enough to give me his time and we had no name at the time and to really give me an hour, hour and a half, whatever it ended up being. You know, I'm lucky to say that he was my first guest and hmm. forever, if you go back into the archives, that's the first episode. So well, thank you, Brad. Um, you know, very lucky to have him on. So, so how many episodes have you recorded thus far? So we just released episode 12 last week. Nice. We have, uh, we have episode 13 in the bank. Nice. I can't say who it's with yet, but, nice. um, but yeah, it's, it's still pretty new. Mm. Yeah. Um, it really started to come on, I, I would say late summer, early fall. Okay. okay. It, um, it was a vision of mine since I started with the firm last January, about a okay. year ago. But with that came a lot of strategy, a lot of planning, um, a lot more sessions on the mics than I thought I would have had hmm. with just talking about the business because I was learning the business as I was planning for the podcast. So like, you know, I started recording test episodes and test little trials hmm. in April, but then in June I knew way more than I knew in April. So I'm like, throw those out, yeah. get rid of them, you know, cause now I know about cap rates. I didn't know about cap rates yeah. two months ago, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be. Um, so yeah, we're still pretty new, Yeah, uh, but it, it's starting to roll. So that's awesome. That's, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So for every episode, just to understand, sure. you have you have a guest. Yep. Oh wow, that is awesome. So so you're starting out. I mean, well, you're not starting out because you you had a previous podcast. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that's not easy, right? Yeah. yeah. So so I mean, just just uh, you know super props to you guys because to have guests on a consistent basis sure. these guys see how much work there goes on in the background uh to obviously to make that happen and to not only that to have people like yourself relevant guests appreciate that that bring you know something to the table right um because we all know there's there's a ton of people who um 
you know, may, may desire to be. And I don't, I don't know if it's just the right setup just yet. Right. Maybe, you know, you got to be in a cooker a little bit longer. Um, <clears throat> but I don't, we don't necessarily t- turn people down. We kind of just say, you know, it's coming. Right. You know? And we do, we do, we are booked out like month, maybe two months out anyway. That's awesome. Um, and we do record every week. So, uh, by the time that come that time comes, it has happened. That person was ready to rock and roll, and we have fantastic guests. But you have you have to go with what your audience needs. Exactly. Too. Yeah, there's something to be said about that because I think that there's definitely people we want to have on the show or mm. want to come on the show, and we basically have to pivot. Yeah. And for lack of a better term, pivot and basically say, yeah, maybe maybe six months from now that makes more sense. Yeah. Or you know, right now we're really trying to get this person on. And we have them kind of aligned for that slot. And I hate to say it like this, but if that doesn't work out, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, if not, yeah, yeah. we're going to have to push you back until we're booked out. But that all comes with managing, right? Like you guys are managing a show just like I'm managing a show. And you guys are all managing your own work lives and everything. So, um, yeah, it, it's a challenge for sure, Yeah, I would say. And, and it doesn't get easier as you get more popular, have more no, guests on, honestly. No. Yeah, exactly. It's harder. Get more uh, to juggle with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess my question too is, do you have, do you guys have like a set, like itinerary? Do you set something up? I'm sure obviously you do your research on the guests, but right. is there any other prep for the show that you need to do? So you might hate this, yeah. <laughs> honestly, because you're very, you're very well prepared. I, I print a sheet as well. Yeah. Um, I am very big on, I'll take the hard facts that most people would know if you know who I'm talking to, like sure. whoever it may be. Mm. I'll take like 10 hard facts. Yeah. I'll then ask them about their life before that because most people won't know yada yada guests grew up in this town in Delaware and they had a hard upbringing and that's where they got their drive, whatever. Um, But from there, I really just, I try to discover while I'm interviewing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And maybe that's a different strategy and um, there's no right or wrong, Mm, you know? So for me, I think that a lot of the time I get my mind blown on the mic with something that maybe other people knew already, but for me, it's genuine because... Mm. I really didn't know that about you. I didn't yeah. know that you closed this deal or you were down to your last dollar or whatever it may be. Yeah. So that's kind of how I approach it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting. Every time uh, I listen to a new artist, we're kind of just talking about prior to the uh, the show starting, we're talking about a, a, a megastar basically of, yeah. of our decade, right? Mm-hmm. For the last decade, I yeah. should say, Drake. Yeah, man. And um, we're talking about him and it's interesting when you know new artists come on, you you unfortunately this is like a very natural thing most people do is they take them for what that first song came out is yeah. right yep. and that's it it's either you liked it or you threw it out the window you know sure. what i mean or it's like ah or the radio plays it so many times that it just grows <laughs> on you you know what i mean it's just yeah. like all right i kind of like it i guess so true. um but one of my the biggest things that i've i've done uh when it comes to the music industry for at least the last 10 years mm. at least has been I need to listen to a bio or an interview of this person first. Mm. I like that though. Before I throw that out the window. Because sometimes the songs aren't even that great. It's their stuff that got them there that's even better yeah, than sure. like whatever that company and that label wanted to put out first. So mm-hmm. just not to talk too much about Drake, but it's fresh in my mind because I just listened to that interview. He talks a lot about how his best work were the uh, mixtape life leading up to his first album and his first album had a lot of features but it wasn't his best work at all yeah and he even said like yeah we got a lot of names but if anyone listened to me on that like they could have thrown me out the window like yeah. you said mm. it's more about like finding that whole body of work to that point yeah and then you know whether you believe in it or you give it another shot i mean after that for drake for an example you know who who's touched him in the last 10 years right no, right, right absolutely you could have thrown him out after uh whatever take care or whatever the first yeah, 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 you know, album was so um 
it, it's and it's cool to see someone be that reflective. Oh right? yeah, because sometimes, you know, when we first came out, we thought this was awesome. Yeah, we're like our first couple episodes were not as awesome as we thought they <laughs> were. Because <laughs> we so come back and listen now, yeah. and it's like. What were we doing? Yeah. yeah. I can't Yelling, believe people screaming. downloaded this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, until, until like, later on. And that's that's with us with, like, everything, right? I mean, yeah. our careers, our, our you know, our, our relationship, um, you know, lives or whatever. It, it's just something where it's like, oh, yeah, I thought I was, like, the man in X, Y, and Z. And you look back, like, you cringe almost. <laughs> You're like, oh, my gosh, what was I doing? What were we doing? It, nah, it's so Winging true. it, I guess. That's yeah. like, <laughs> Honestly, guys, I sat in my parents' basement, and I, I thought that I was like, wow, like, I have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have a podcast. Yeah. It's on. If you go on your Apple Podcast app, it's on. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my parents' basement, man. Like, and, and honestly, the content was not good. That's why I don't even mention the name of the old show. It's still there. Don't even mention it just because yeah. it's just not worth it. But yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. being self aware in that regard is very important because otherwise, if you think that you're great, yeah, it doesn't really matter. There's no room for improvement. Yeah, exactly. Because you're just gonna stay the same <laughs> plateau, little whatever you got going on. You know, and it's true. And and you know, being this that this is the first episode of 2020, yeah. right? It's a perfect time for anyone listening to even just reflect back, and I'm sure most of you all did on the last year, 2019, how it went, how you can improve, where you want to go yep. uh, with it all. But at the same time, the important lesson there is laugh at yourself, a hundred percent, in a healthy way, hundred percent, right? Um, all right, so going back to uh, the podcast, so sure. what's the setup like? Is it you and just the individual, or is it you and a couple other people? Yeah, so so it's purely me as far as from the Wolf side. Um, we did have Jason Wolf on for one episode uh, with Matt Pastronk because they actually worked together uh, in the past. A lot of good inside stories, inside jokes, I guess, that, that really were good for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, though, it's me kind of in your chair, Yeah. guest here, guest there, whatever makes more sense in the camera mm. shot. Yeah skyscrapers behind us i mean it's, 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 the setup is is beautiful i'm so lucky um definitely shout out to to mitch on my team for finding our office and identifying the spot and getting us a sublease because you know as much as it's important for what we do day to day in the work world having that for the podcast i mean it almost instantly validates you yeah i've talked a lot about the sound like you guys have unbelievable equipment i think our equipment's stellar as well yeah sound is so important you can be a really really great interviewer and podcast host if you have bad sound sure you're out the window right off the bat we're doing video content if we had a white wall behind me it's not you know i think you guys would agree like you yeah. need that mm-hmm. yeah that whatever you want to call it i hate the word vibe but that like aesthetic pleasing yes you know view behind you there's a sunset there's a Absolutely. sunrise there's a plane whatever it may be like it changes the whole feeling in there so Absolutely. i'm lucky with that uh, yeah for sure there. um yeah, I mean, it really does. It really, sure. it really that, sets up the. That's why even in your office we had the little accoutrements, like the little you had the banners and all that stuff. Yeah. to kind of like give an extra vibe when we did like the exactly. we did like the, the intro videos and stuff like that too. Yeah, you have to. Um, well, sound quality is one thing, and I remember there's this gentleman that um, I listened to a lot, and he he, he was always featured um, on these radio shows or podcasts or whatever it was. These movies. Oh, he was very insightful. Um, on his history, okay, um, and, and it was history and like the the financial history, um, and I always find it fascinating that stuff always like how our you know our economy was built, you know, mm. whatever. Um, <clears throat> he started his own podcast, and the dude was coughing, sneezing, everything underneath mm. the sun. No, I'm serious. <laughs> no. And it had that buzzing noise. Within 15 minutes, his content was pure gold, 
and I could not stand to listen to it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm shutting this off. I can't. And what, what did I say to you leading up to this? I'm just getting over. I had bronchitis, and I and yeah. I texted him. I said, Listen, man, like, because I do this just mm. like you guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just got my voice back yesterday. And after like all of Christmas, I'm like, hey guys, like Merry Christmas. Yeah. So like I wasn't going to come on yeah, because yeah, yeah. for you, you don't want the guy with no voice on. Maybe, <laughs> sure. maybe the conversation would have been great, whatever, but <laughs> your listeners, like it's just crap to them. You know, yeah. you, you want to have good stuff for, for the people that, you know, are putting 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes into listening to you talk, me talk. Absolutely. It has to be quality from sure. the mics to the environment to everything else. So absolutely, and so that's a big point why we we suffer through the the heat of sweating because we didn't want the fan in the background the whole time or all the extra yes. noise and stuff. So that that's was our the biggest point. challenge. Yeah, our biggest challenge right now is we're in an office building where we don't control the thermostat. Even if we control it in suite, like it'll turn on when it wants to, and we'll be in the middle of an interview and you'll just hear. Yeah, and thank thank goodness our mics are good. Yeah, um, because if not. I, 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 it would be so distracting to me. Like I didn't know we had good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to keep going. But yeah. for the most part, it doesn't pick up. But I, I know that battle. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is a good point, though. That was the reason why we suffered in the, in the the heat that long. <laughs> um, but but speaking of of content, what what kind of topics do you guys discuss on the podcast? So I, I hate to say it's around money, but it is, man. Yeah. Um, so much of it is about being hungry for money yeah and then once you have that money what you do with it so mm. um i'll take rick foreman for example foreman mills you guys all know foreman mills yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. this guy was uh you know he was at a flea market when he was i think like 15 maybe even younger mm. like buying t-shirts and then just standing up on a table and selling t-shirts so he'd buy them for a dollar a piece and then he's doing i don't know like two for or th- three for four bucks so he's making yeah. like 30 cents on a shirt whatever yeah. it was mm. yeah but he talks about like that hunger and how like you never lose sight of that. So there's a lot of stories about that, like the hunger that gets you to the next level of becoming extremely success- successful, becoming a multimillionaire in his case, much more than that. Yeah. Um, so it, a lot of it's about that. I try to keep it more to like, hey, you're successful. How'd you get there? Mm. It ends up talking, you know, we don't talk dollars and cents per se, but we do talk about, you know, the success that comes with money. But what I love is almost every single one of the people I've had on the show talks about how that money's, you know, giving them the opportunity to give back, whether it's to start their own company. Uh, we had Ms. Michelle Skeen on. She decided to start her own uh, 100% women-owned accounting firm. So wow. I'm, I'm a woman in business. I decide I get rich. I want to only hire, you know, or I only want to start a company with other women. Like that was her message. Mm-hmm. That was so important to me, like to, to hear that from, yeah. you know, her point of view. So it's a lot about building success making money, but then using that money to create, you know, or make a difference, really. I love it. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Um, all right, so thus far, before we get into, uh, you know, what you do outside of the podcast, what what has been your most memorable moment or, or biggest learning lesson with the podcast? Yeah. Oh, man, that, that's actually a, a tough question. <laughs> yeah. um, Alan Dom, he is the, he's a city councilman now. He built a huge uh, real estate company. I mean, the biggest in the city. Um, it, it's just been mind-blowing to me. I listen to that episode constantly. I listen to all, our, all of our episodes back. But Alan's message is so important because, like we just said, you know, I, I guess, like, once you hit that success giving back, hearing his challenges about, like, okay, I have all of this money, right? Yeah. And he never said it like that. Sure. This is just me, like, you know, it's the elephant in the room. Like, yeah, you have money. Right. 
hearing him say, all right, I need to make a change in this city and how he ended up in government. And now I think personally, he'll be the next mayor of Philadelphia. Just hearing that and the challenges that come with, you know, there's some pressure there. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's like anyone else. I mean, when you have some money, people start looking at you to make a change. And I would say 90% of people that have it don't, but to hear his challenges that he's gone through and, and what he's done for the city and, and how passionate he is about the city. He rips on me for not living in Philadelphia. Like he's yeah. that kind of guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So to, to hear that, that's just been unbelievable for yeah. me, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. Where can people go and listen to the Broad Street Brokers? Yeah. Um, you can listen to it on the Apple Podcast app, uh, also Spotify. Those are the best, you know, best two ways to subscribe. Obviously, we're on social media as well, at Broad Street Brokers on all your platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, the whole nine. But, um, but I think that the best two ways to consume our content would be, you know, if you're a business person, LinkedIn, uh, we're constantly posting like little clips from our videos and then obviously subscribing on, on Apple or Spotify. Absolutely. So obviously the podcast is a great way to um, build relationships, yep. get exposure, um, <clears throat> show the world kind of what you guys are about. Um, how in in other forms ha- have you helped build relationships in Pennsylvania? Obviously, you're coming from Jersey, yep. but how have you helped build uh, relationships in PA for you know WCRE? You, you know, I'm lucky enough. I sound like the quarterback, right? But I have a great team. I yeah. really do. Um, you know, I'm a year into the business, almost to the day at this point, and yeah. and having great people around me has has given me such an opportunity. I mean, walking into this business knowing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, one thing Jason will tell you, and, and I think this is you know, a lot of what our team is, I have a student-athlete mentality, which makes me understand people, I think, because I'm used to being on a team. That's helped me build relationships. Yeah. And I think that the thing that has helped me the most uh, personally is I love people's stories. Yeah. I consume content. I love just talking to people and hearing like, everything about them. Like, yeah. I know once we're done here, I'm going to want to hear about all your guys' backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so for me... And, and it's genuine. It really yeah. is because I actually want to hear about whatever investor is interested in one of my property stories or whatever, you know, family, like down the street, I told you I'm listing a property and I heard about the family story and why they're selling that property and, yeah. and then you're engraved in it. So yeah. I think that's so important. Uh, but it, it comes back to the team I'm on and we all have that same mindset. We're all, you know, I hate to say it, but we are all student athletes for the most part. Um, we all do come from families that care about them and we care about our families. And I think that that's so important when you care about the people around you. Of course, when you meet new people out in business, mm. you'll care about them. Yeah. So I think that's really important. So what is what do you think it is about? Because this is not the first time we've heard this um, about the the whole athlete or even a teacher, right? It's always yeah. like either the person's a teacher or they're a, a very good athlete on whatever team it was. What, what do you think it is about that that breed success almost there's that camaraderie that comes with being in a locker room or being in a classroom or or even you know i want to also dial it a bit further to like if you're just involved in anything man yeah like if you're involved in anything you just have that camaraderie that you understand that the person next to you and you are in it together and then Mm -hmm. that might reach out to 40 my lacrosse teammates or you know if you're on a division one football team 110 people if you're in a classroom 18 people it doesn't matter but the whole point is that you're all in this together and that's just life. I hate yeah. to get like super deep on it, but yeah. it really is just life. When I'm talking to a person about why they're selling a property, like, oh, maybe something you know happened in your family and now you guys have to sell it. Like, it's just mm. life. So yeah. when you grow up caring about the people around you, whether it's, hey guys, let's go win a national championship or, you know, hey class, let's go 
crush this lesson plan, whatever it may be, when you just care, I think that so much of it just comes back to you. Yeah. It's just being genuine, honestly. I love it. Um, all right, awesome. So uh, explain for us uh, your role for sales and leasing. Yeah, so um, you know, being at a smaller shop, we, we call it shops. <laughs> In the commercial real estate world, it's not a company, it's a shop. Yeah. Um, being at a smaller shop, we have a lot of freedom. So uh, you know, we're lucky enough to take on any project. We run the gamut on any type of asset type. So this would be considered a retail space. It could be retail, office, industrial, medical, it doesn't matter. Um, and you know, with that, on the sales side, we can help buyers, sellers, landlords, tenants. That's the, the thing that's nice. I focus mostly on office uh, for the most part and then on the landlord side. So you know, office owners are coming to myself, my team, Mitch, Sean, and saying like, you know, basically, we have a vacancy here, um, help us lease it up. I know yeah. that sounds super, super easy on paper. Um, there's definitely challenges that come with that. Some offices aren't located in, you know, in the most desirable areas to go put a company. Um, but we're basically out there, you know, trying to find tenants, uh, successfully finding tenants, not trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we're out there, you know, calling on other brokers, calling on companies and saying, you know, we have a great product here, whatever it may be, uh, you know, 12,000 square feet in Bluebell that, that might fit your company and come, you know, come out and tour it, basically. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so what, what has, what has, what's like the most challenging, uh, and, and do you have multiple listings within, you know, so I know I always pass by, it, uh, especially when I did work in Jersey, actually in the Marlton area, yep. I'll pull out and jump onto whatever main highway it was. <laughs> and there's always buildings, right? <clears throat> yep. Mainly, you know, if, if for hotels and business owners, you want to be closer to the main highway because the exits and you're closer to, you know, all, you have all access to those kinds of things. So a lot of times you would see these buildings and say office space for lease or office space for rent, whatever. Exactly right, man. <clears throat> yeah, and then I'm, I look up at the building and its location and I'm like, this is an awful location. Like, first of all, you could barely see it. There's this monstrosity of trees like right in front of it. And so it's not facing the highway, but it's next to the highway. And it's right around this roundabout where you can only get there one way. Yep. Like, And so when you see stuff like that, how do you choose, you know, or the, or you just take them and that's just a harder pitch. That's it's so funny because if you asked me that January of last year, I'm like, yeah, take everything. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'm poor. Yeah. No, but, uh, <laughs> but seriously, like now, you know, I'm I'm lucky enough to you know have built some success with the guys I'm with to be a little bit picky in that regard because we do care about you know crushing our projects. We don't want to just throw a sign up and then fail. Yeah. If we're if we're you know investing our time and an owner's you know potentially picking us for a listing we want to succeed yeah so we will be picky in that regard um lucky enough you know being on the philly team the pa team it's a little bit different over here yeah jersey's a little bit more congested like that and junk yeah. handles like you said yeah. makes yeah. make some stuff really tough for those guys so, yeah. so kudos to the team out there um but yeah we are picky now and i think that uh i think that all comes with building a little bit of success for yourself like we had listings at the beginning that we had no means taking because right, they were right. insane projects or, yeah. or very hard sells and we were you know successful yeah uh, that comes with hard work and definitely a little bit of luck i think yeah. anyone on my team would tell you that but um but yeah now we're definitely picky so we'll get some calls and say you know we might not be the the firm for this job and and yeah. that being said nothing's impossible but you have to be a little picky in that regard. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what do you like about handling uh, when you say landlord? How does that how does that work, and what do you like about that? So, 
to, to say, to speak really candidly on it, I, I love talking to people that have a lot of money. Yeah. And if you own an office building or you're a part of an ownership group that has, you know, a holding of an office building, like you have some money. So yeah. I love talking to people that have built success or are around success and, and strategizing with them and then basically going and proving myself. Because the way I see it, I'm the, the you know, no name undrafted free agent that you guys brought in for a workout and I proved myself out there at that workout and now you're, you're bringing me on the field. Let's see what I can do and, yeah. and the guys can do it with me. Um, so I think that, that, that ever challenging excitement is what keeps me going with it. But, um, it's definitely scary. I yeah. can't lie at the beginning. I, I remember the first two months and any person in this business will tell you that, uh, the first two months you go, what am I doing? Yeah. Why did I, why yeah. did I ever jump into this? You yeah. Know? And then you get by it. So sure. We had a ton of real estate agents on here. One of the, one of the funniest or one of my most fun questions I like to ask is, uh, some of your, you know some of the people that you're showing homes to, right? It's your clients and uh, extremely picky clients, oh, yeah. and they're just like, and he and you know the one realtor, it was funny because he's like, what, what, what kills me is like I know how much this person can spend, yep. and we discussed how much they can spend, but they still want to look at something that's completely out of their league, um, and then so we start discussing like how do you talk someone down from that, right? Yeah. Um, how, how do you make it more realistic? Like we all dream big, we all have you know we all want to be you know uber successful and all, but on your road to getting there, you also have to be realistic. Hundred um, percent. So h- how do you talk to either clients or even yourself maybe um, as to you also got to be realistic. Like, let's make this deal happen in a smaller scale, and then you know maybe we'll level up on the next one. Yeah, I think that at the beginning, especially, um, I shot for the moon way too hard coming yeah. out of the gate uh, to a point where, like I said, two months in, I was like, "What? What am I doing? Like, I need to actually like feed myself <laughs> yeah. and yeah. everything yeah. like that." Um, <laughs> managing your expectations is huge. Yeah. But that being said, the one thing that I'm learning if if you really do know your stuff, which Again, I, you know, I keep going back to it, but the guys on this team that I'm with know so much, yeah. especially Mitch, the guy I work next to every single day. If you know your stuff, you can go after anything in this business because it all comes down to a math problem. Yeah. Um, so for us, we, you know, we do shoot high, yeah. but some of our clients, like you said, uh, depending on the on the space on the property, we do have to have that conversation, and it's never easy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like even right now, the listing down the street, like we've turned people away because six hundred fifty thousand dollars for a property is a lot of money. Like yeah. it, it's yeah. a lot of money, even Absolutely. if it's an investment property. Like you got to come up with, you know. Absolutely, so it's a tough conversation. It definitely yeah. is. But um, but you know, on the flip side of that, we're starting to have no fear in talking to you know an office owner about buying another $20 million property next door or whatever it may be. So it's really, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like that give and take of it. Um, th- thank God for these guys. I mean, yeah. otherwise I don't know where I would be with this. Yeah, it's you know? crazy. It's amazing that you say that too because um, one of the realtors that we dealt with, it, it was like mind-blowing um, because she was, first of all, when me and my wife were buying our house, we were first-time home buyers, and there's a lot of stuff that I thought I knew that I didn't know. I'm like, holy smokes. I'm like, what are we doing? You know? Um, and she just broke it down. And there, some people have a way with that. Right. Um, so I thought, you know, maybe she's just kind of catering to like the new home buyers and that, and she's just really good at that. Um, and, and 
I remember, never forget. She 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 said, "I'm I'm on my way." One time we were gonna meet her at a house. Like I'm on my way from uh, Philly, and it was very interesting um, to, to showing a home. Uh, I apologize for my tardiness. I'll be there. I'll make it up to you guys, but I'll be there. Whatever in 20 minutes. All right, but she shows up. Um, she looks at the house, like gets into this house. And she's like, "You guys don't want this. This is not what you want." Tells us right, and then goes, "See." I like that you guys are students because the last, uh, you know, that last uh, house that I just got done shown was a multi-million dollar home um, that I told my client to decline the buyer and select another buyer who's given them the same amount of money and I gave the reasons why, X, Y, and Z. Huh. And I sold this house, right? And then came to us and she's going to make but pennies if we bought this house and told us don't buy this, showed us the very next house we bought and she told us to buy it and we bought and we've been there since. And while we were signing papers, she was on her way back to Philly to help a single mother buy a $25,000 house in Philly. That's awesome, man. So you see like that, we were like, we were in the middle. There was someone on other side of that scale and yeah. you're like, whole, and she was humble. She didn't boast about it. She was explaining her reasonings and she's like, this is the business. I apologize, but it's sometimes you get you know stuck with things like this. Yep. And it was her having banter with this guy trying to sell a you know, his property to the wrong person. She didn't think this person was going to approve. That's the whole thing. That's crazy, um, man. But yeah, and so it's pretty neat that you guys also do that. Yeah, I think real estate on any level, residential, commercial, it doesn't matter. First of all, the thing that's interesting about real estate, it's everywhere. You can't, yeah. You can't deny it. I mean, There's a house in every corner. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, we're literally in real estate right now. It, my dad has a quote. I'm going to butcher it. It's something like, buy land, they're not making any more. Right. Or something like right. that. But anyway, yeah, whether it's residential, commercial, like, First of all, it all comes back, again, to being a good person, having ethics and everything like that. But there is so many, or there are so many different, I guess, like stories and, and paths. And, you know, whether I'm, I'm in Center City talking about a Center City office or I'm out here talking about a laundromat. Yeah. The, it's two different stories, but it's still real estate, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's so interesting. It that's, what, that's what gets me out of bed to do it yeah. every day. You don't know what you're doing every day. Right. It's so it's <laughs> like every single day... I, it's just hilarious to hear one of my coworkers say it the other day. Like we're shooting from the hip, right? We're we're you know educated, we're we're tactful, but we are shooting from the hip. We're coming out and we're we're rolling around and making stuff happen, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really cool story on your end, though. Yeah, like yeah for sure, like for sure. Um, all right, so so explain to the folks out there listening, um, multifamily. Uh, dwellings. Yep. What's the importance if someone wants to invest in that? What are the benefits? You know, explain how that would actually work. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of people are familiar with Grant Cardone. Anyone yes. that has an Instagram is, is probably familiar with him. So he's like the number one example of in your face. Like he's doing it. Yeah. A lot of people are doing it very quietly, but he's he's good. Uh, multifamily dwellings to to dumb it down to the littlest, um, you know, I guess example would be a, a duplex, a two unit home. Right, so you have, you know, whether you're buying and living on one side and renting out the other, or whatever it may be, or you're renting out both of them, it's an investment property, but you're getting two kinds of income on one plot of land. A lot of people, you know, are interested in becoming a real estate investor and buying a single family home here, a single family home there, a single family, and hey, a lot of people build success doing that. But the multiplier is when you can buy a multifamily home, whether that's two units, four units, two hundred units, a thousand units, like. Mm -hmm. That's when the multiplier comes into place because you're on one piece of land, one tax bill, but you have all of those units bringing in money. So, um, you know, you see people in Philadelphia doing it right and left right now. Matt Pastrana, who came on my show, an unbelievable developer and, and you know, multifamily owner. Um, it's really one of the 
smartest in my mind and, and most lucrative ways to invest because again, real estate's not going anywhere. Right. If you find the right place to invest or if you can develop, build, um, it's, you know, you're creating a savings account like you've never seen. Absolutely. So that's, that's kind of dumbing it down, but that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we talked about it, like my brother Goose, uh, you know, he just moved into a, a new spot and across the street, it's, it's a multi-family uh, dwelling, and I'm like, yeah. that guy's crushing it. Yeah. We're counting the mailboxes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, there's six mailboxes, because initially we thought there was four, right? Yeah. And I was like, holy smokes, there's one there's on one the other six. side, and we saw someone grab mail. I'm like, this dude is crushing yep. it. it it's, I'm telling you right now, like, you know, to go back to it, even the laundromat I'm selling right now, yeah. above it's a, a two-bedroom apartment. So even if you were going to own that, rent out the laundromat, rent out the body shop in the back, now you have a residential unit above that, like that's where the, the real money is because that person's not going anywhere for right. the most part. Right. You get some people that come and they go, the, per- the tenant in there has been there for like 28 years. Wow. <laughs> 28 years. 28 years of every single month you know you're making X dollars. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like imagine that. It, yeah. It's just, it's beautiful. And, and if they moved out, I, I'm willing to bet that someone else in Bristol would come along. Like, you know? Sure. So it's just, it, it's the smartest way to invest. I think people that uh, that aren't familiar need to to get on a few books. If I can plug a few books, Please. I read. So, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad is the best book I've ever read. Classic. I think everyone in this room's probably read it. Robert Kiyosaki. Um, yeah, he's the best. Um, I would say Set for Life, Scott Trench. That speaks a lot about uh, real estate investing and and building that you know I guess uh, portfolio. And then uh, the third one, and I'm not 100% sure on the name, but you'll find it. It's, it's like the book on house hacking or how to ha- how to house hack. Oh, wow. That's um, hard to say. <laughs> no, seriously, right? But but it comes down to if you're living somewhere, how can you make money on the space you're living in? So yeah. like whether you, you take on roommates or whatever. But anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about talking to people that are interested in real estate investing and, and multifamily really is where the money's at. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy to answer that question cause I'm, I'm passionate about that all day. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you think about it too, I mean, if you have somebody, if you have renters that are, that have that level of resume that they've been pay, paying, yeah. uh, or there for 20 years or whatever, even 10, 15 years, if you want to sell that multifamily dwelling, right, you have a proven track record like this sells. So now take that and, and we roll that into the commercial world. So multifamilies. I would say from our firm, a smaller arm. Sure. But take that exact same example and roll it into an office, right? So you have national company A, yeah, whatever it may be, and they've been with you for 10 years in that office and they just signed another 10-year lease. Hmm. If you're going to sell that building, you can guarantee they're going to be there for another 10 years. They're not going to run out of money. They're a national company. It's the same thing, hmm. but that's multiplied times like 10 because we're talking business dollars, not someone's salary. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so you're, you're from Jersey. Uh, what is the deal? No, I'm only kidding. But no, seriously. So, uh, all right. So I, we've dr- we've had family in uh, Jersey. We've worked multiple jobs in Jersey. I'm, well, I'm very familiar with New Jersey, right? Yeah. And one of the things I've noticed, I don't know why it just stands out, is like the dilapidated properties of, of, um, like shopping centers. Yep. Why? And then across the street, they're building a brand new one. Can you explain that? So retail is the, you want to talk about the wild west right now. So retail really is the wild west. You have companies like forever 21, where I guarantee every person in this room, if you've dated a girl, they've shopped there. Yeah. (laughs) I've bought forever 21 gift cards and whatever multiple times over. So how does a store like that go out of business or, or, you know, go bankrupt? Um, retail is just not what it used to be. Yeah. And this is what every podcast talks about. But Amazon 
and all these on-time online retailers have truly started to kill you know your mom and pop shops even some of your big businesses like a forever 21 so that's why you're seeing these retail centers just dying because yeah. tenants are either not renewing their leases because they're out of money or they're they're just breaking their leases in the middle and a buyout whatever it may be mm. the new shopping centers you're see you're seeing that are going up are having different types of stores different types types of uses so uh, experience is a big thing now. You'll see a shopping center where a Walmart used to be. Now it's a go kart track. Yeah, you yeah. get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because now, like, maybe that Walmart wouldn't have lasted, but you can get people to probably go out and have some fun riding around go karts in that big. So building. literally, that happened to us in our town where there was a, a path mark. I don't know if anyone knows what a path mark is. Oh. It was growing up in the '90s. It was a massive supermarket. I mean, massive, like literally the size of a Walmart. Yeah, and this was like a supermarket. Um, been shut down for years, right? I don't know, maybe 10 years that place been shut down for, at least. Anyway, long story short, Funzilla bought it. And Funzilla is laser tag, uh, exactly. go-karts, pitching, batting machine. And batting even cages. the Chamonix now, you know, the Sears has been closed for probably, I don't know, a year or something now. They're, I went to there the other day. They're putting a, like a Dave and Buster's type place. Exactly. Right. Yeah. If I told you guys five years ago that you and all your buddies were going to get together and throw axes at a wall yeah. or you're going to go to an escape room, you'd be like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah. But these are the old whatever store that yep. became now an axe throwing yep. place. Like it, it's truly like, and, and you're getting the, the really, 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 you know, smart entrepreneurs, the savvy entrepreneurs going, okay. That space, they need someone to come in and lease it. I'll get it for half as much as someone else leased it for, and here's my business idea. Yeah. Take axes and throw them at a wall. Where's the upfront cost there? Maybe some liability. But like, yeah. right? Yeah. It makes no, it's sense. True. Yeah, it's, it's what crazy. It, what about the, um, the classic, absolute classic? And you tell me what's, what's the thinking behind this. Um, the temporary stores, like your uh, your Halloween stores, that they just rent out this vacant whatever yeah. for whatever three months. So what, what's that? I'm not I'm not extremely familiar, but I was just thinking about this. Obviously, we're not that far removed from Halloween or, or yeah. even some Christmas pop up shops. Um, you have to think they're paying a premium. Yeah. But then again, you know, it really depends on the deal because if that space is vacant anyway. Right. You'll take someone in there for three months on a term. Usually, you know, obviously the longer you're in there, the, the landlord likes that more. But yeah, you know, I'm perplexed by that as well. Um, you'll see today a little bit different than I guess, you know, the, the gen, not generations, but the years past. Um, you'll see like a clothing store that's really online for the most part. Um, State and Liberty, Muggsy Jeans. Hmm. They'll come in and throw a pop-up store in for two, three months somewhere and see how it does. And if it does well, they'll probably sign a longer lease because okay. it's proven then. Gotcha. What they do is they build their, you know, their stacks of cash online and then go, all right, let's make a jump. Rather than have all the upfront costs of having a store first, you know, it's, it's actually really smart, but you know, I'm actually really curious about that. And I've thought about that quite a bit, you know, how much more is a spirit Halloween paying for the same space than, I don't know if you put like a pier one imports in there. I don't know. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, what about hotels? Are you guys involved in any of that stuff? Me personally, not as much. The, the firm, as far as selling what used to be a hotel or yeah. selling land for hotel use. Yes. Um, you know, honestly, not something I'm super, super familiar to speak on. But that being said, even that world's changing because of Airbnb. Yeah. And uh, what's the other? It's like Jet, Jet something. It's like another, another service just like Airbnb. These services are coming in. And now some governments are fighting it. There's major cities. I believe D.C. is the most recent one to just outlaw Airbnb. Mm. So wow. imagine you, you own 20 homes that you're airbnb Like 
your whole life just changed. Yeah. yeah well, Seriously. Yeah. Now yeah. You gotta, you have to be a traditional real estate investor, but um, yeah, I think that that whole world is changing too. So, you know, I'm trying to look for the next thing. Yeah. That's just how like I'm, I'm approaching it. The team's approaching it. So hotels for me, you know, whether it's working on either side of the spectrum could be a little bit more nerve wracking than, you know, industrial is extremely hot right now. Like the Bristol industrial park down the streets on fire. I mean, deals are getting done there. Um, and, and there's a bunch of interest there. Um, uh, so, so we're more geared towards those type of transactions, but hotels are, you know, certainly a big commercial transaction whenever it happens. So yeah, for sure. Where, where do you see the future, right? So you're coming up on a year. Again, we talked about it earlier, um, you know, with the podcast you got going on, the Broad Street Brokers. Um, what do you want 2020 to look like? Yeah, uh, tw- 2020 for me. Um, so me personally, first of all, I just want to beat what I did last year as far as a sales volume uh, standpoint. And that's so important. And that's one thing, Kevin, one of your you know guests you had on here, our chief sales officer, he's so big on being better than you were yesterday, yeah. last week, last year. So... That's the biggest goal for me. Um, but then with Broad Street Brokers, it's to have, you know, even bigger names. And we've had, you know, we had Dave Meltzer on. I mean, for yeah, me, I couldn't sweet. even believe that I'm sitting across from this guy. But, you know, have bigger names, have more impactful conversations, bring more to the table on my end, not just ask questions, but bring some value back to them. Absolutely. Drop some Philly knowledge on them about real estate that they may, may not know. Um, because right now, a lot of it's me learning. Not that, the, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's a goal of mine. Um, but really 2020 it's, it's to take both those avenues, whether it's my real estate, real estate transactions or the podcast and just amplify them. Yeah. And a lot of people say that every year, like at the end of the year, like, ah, oh, yeah, next year, like next year's my year. Mm. But like today I was sitting in the office with a couple of our guys and you know, we talk a lot and then we all get quiet and I'm just looking around at like the focus of the guys around me and I'm like, yeah, we're going to kill it. We're going to kill yeah. it. Yeah. I, like, you know, this was the first year of the Philly team and like, Maybe we made like a one percent splash, yeah. And like next year, I just see it just being like we have a couple new guys. We just hired Phil Costa, it used to be Tony Romo's center on the Cowboys. Like he's wow. on the team now. Like my one of my best friends, Sean, just came on with us. Like we're ready to go. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I mean that with like all the fire in my heart right now. Yeah. Like I'm ready to just go out with these guys and just kill it. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm awesome. At. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. All right. So for all these folks that are listening, sure. Um, someone out there is saying. Wow, that's a lot. Right. <laughs> There's a lot going on there, but it's it's all positive. It's all good. It's all forward thinking. It's all in the right direction. It's all passion. It's all you know, being consistent, persistent, everything you want to do. The goal setting, being realistic, and, and really setting high expectations, which to provide yourself the life that you you know you guys want and you deserve. How does one manage? Is the classic question we ask everybody: work life balance. The number one thing, yeah. and, and I know people listening to this are going to roll their eyes, make time to read books. Just read. Yeah. I got away from that this year, and it like literally is like a ticker in the back of my head that makes me so mad because I was so focused on the new business. Yeah. Take that time. I literally built it into my schedule for 2020. Like I, I have scheduled out time to read because if you're not focused on bettering yourself, you end up in just that, like work, 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 work. Yeah. And then when you have your life balance, you just go above and beyond because you're like, oh, this is my one night out. My w-. Everyone has enough time to work, life, <laughs> whatever, live, Yeah. But, but also get better, whether that's just bettering your mind in something that might apply a little bit to work or apply to personal finance or just read for a little bit of pleasure. Don't turn your mind off so much. I think so many people do it. Um, 
Like I don't have a Netflix account. I don't have cable. And then maybe that's like a little aggressive, right? Like I watch my sports. I'll, I'll Hulu them with my roommates or whatever. But I'm not sitting there like binge watching shows and numbing my brain. Yeah. Because I think that's where people end up becoming kind of unhappy with themselves. It's like, yeah. oh, I worked so hard. But, you know, on Saturday I watched 12 episodes of Narcos. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's like, right. like yeah. yeah, like, hey, you can. And, and listen, I'm not talking down to anyone. If that's what truly makes you happy, go watch 200 episodes of Narcos. Sure. I don't care. But the whole point is take your time in between working and, and spending time with the people you love to just better yourself a little bit. 5%. Yeah. 10%. Yeah. Like, and I think reading is a great way to do that. And for anyone that doesn't like reading because I used to hate it, just pick a movie you liked and start by reading that book. Yeah. Uh, Catch Me If You Can. Leo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was in it. Nice. That was the first book I like read for pleasure, and now I read you know as much as possible. That's awesome. Yeah, man. All right, cool. All right, so last question before we jump out of here. What's your recommendation to anyone trying to achieve their investment goals through real estate investing? Um, okay, number one, like I said, read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and, and the other two books I mentioned, Set for Life and How to House Hack, or that book yeah. on house <laughs> hacking. Um, and number two, just join biggerpockets.com. It's basically like a Facebook for real estate investors. There is an unlimited amount of knowledge on there, people that are willing to help because it's almost like a, uh, like just another big team, honestly, because yeah. it's a bunch of people with the same goals. A lot, a lot of it comes from the, like, I hate my job world. I want, I want to become financially free and leave my job. And I, I stay away from the negativity of that. It's more, yeah. I want to better my life and, and making some more money might allow me to go do this. So yeah. join Bigger Pockets, consume their podcasts, um, and just become a student of the game. I think that if you want you know, success in real estate, then it needs to be something you become obsessed with. And a lot of it comes with taking that first home that you buy and, and making it into a house hack. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, man. I absolutely love it. I also like what you just said there, um, you know, the whole dream building thing, but you know, people put it in that little negative spin where it's like, I hate my job, I just want to become financially free. Right. And which th that could, but right. instead of using it or saying it like that, use that energy in a different way. All right, so we like to wrap things up with quotes, and the first one is by Michael Phelps. There will always be obstacles, there will be doubters, there will be mistakes, but with hard work, there are no limits. And the second one is by Babe Ruth. You just can't beat the person who never gives up. Broad Street Brokers. In this episode, we have special guest Ty Martin. We cover topics that range from sales and leasing, tenant and landlord representation, real estate investment, multifamily dwellings, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes by Michael Phelps and Babe Ruth. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed.